Hey there, welcome to the Will Preach for Food podcast. My name is Doug. I'm a pastor here at Faith Lutheran Church, based out of Shelton, Washington, a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. It starts and ends with love, is this week's podcast title. That EHR you see in the parens stands for Emotionally Healthy Relationships, and this fall, Faith Lutheran is leaning into our congregation's vision and dream to become closer to and more like Jesus, to grow closer to and more like Jesus. So today's message is the first in an eight-week preaching, devotional, and small group series based on the work of Pete and Jerry Scazzaro. You can learn more about faith and about emotionally healthy relationships at our website, www.faithshelton.org. Thanks for listening today. As the song says, they'll know we are Christians by our love, right? So why is it that so much of Christianity that we see all around us is so judgmental, angry, fearful? You know, it seems like we used to be able to have differences of opinion, but still be friends. We could work together, we could go to church together, we could care for each other. Yet these days, it feels like we're all being pushed into opposite corners. Earlier this week, I used the word progressive in a conversation with someone about my faith, and I just about got my head bit off. And I'm a pastor. What happened? Where did love go? So as we start this fall emphasis on being emotionally healthy followers of Jesus Christ, it starts and ends with love. Hear what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed God's love among us. God sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and God's love is made complete in us. Here ends the reading. Jesus taught and modeled a life of love. Love God with everything you've got, He taught in Mark chapter 12. And you do that by loving your neighbor and yourself with everything you've got. If you've ever been to a Christian wedding, you probably heard some bit about love being patient and kind, and that faith, hope, and love abide, and the greatest of these is love. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we know that faith and love are inseparable. Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people, Paul writes to the beloved congregation in Ephesus, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Faith in the Lord Jesus, love for God's people. Even uh, this weekend's reading of the story of Lazarus in Luke chapter 16 portrays a wealthy man who fundamentally lacks love, showing no care or compassion or sympathy for a beggar at his doorstep. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Christian love, agape in the Greek, is so much more than a warm, fuzzy feeling. Eros is the Greek word for sexual love. Philo is the word for brotherly love, like Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. Agape is God's kind of loving, unconditional, 
active, healthy, generative, wholesome, good, genuine, and, well, Christ-like. The Bible is one people's account. It's the account of the nation of Israel, how they experienced God's faithfulness and love over a period of hundreds of years. The Old Testament, the first three-fourths of the Bible, it's a brutally honest and unflattering telling of what happens when a people doesn't love the way they're supposed to. The New Testament, the last part of the Bible, tells us then about Jesus Christ, how God sent His Son, Jesus, to embody agape love. And then how God sends the Holy Spirit to activate and empower this same love in each one of us today. To be more like Jesus is simply another way of saying that we want to be more loving. If we say we want to be more loving, we want to be more Christ-like. Christ-likeness is not about perfection. It's about love. The love that's described in that passage, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. (laughs) Easier said than done, right? I mean, agape love is what we're made for, but it's hard. It needs to be taught and practiced. It's a growth process, just like our bodies mature. We start out as infants, entirely dependent on others to take care of us. As we become children, we start to learn how to walk, how to swing a baseball bat, how to form sentences, how to negotiate friendships, drive a car, how to run a marathon or, or perform open-heart surgery. And that's how it is with learning love. It takes time, trial and error, muscle memory, practice, practice, practice. At some point, we can claim some level of maturity or competency. That's as true with our bodies and brains and skills. It's, it's true for love as well. But we also know that you have to use it or lose it, right? Uh, once we attain some level of maturity or fitness, we have to keep using those muscles in order to keep them. If we don't exercise, and frankly, even if we do, our bodies naturally deteriorate. As we age, we become less flexible, less adaptable. We lose brain cells and muscle tissue. We lose that mobility, that fitness, that independence. Eventually, we are once again entirely dependent on others to take care of us. And then we die. We are dust, and to dust we shall return. Love, emotional maturity, is the same way. If we do not intentionally attend to agape in our lives... Our agape capacity diminishes over time. Our hearts harden, the Bible says, you know, like arteries. Our hearts become like stone, cold, unfeeling, dead. So, it's worth asking, what's the state of your heart? Are you a spiritual infant, a teenager, an adult? Maybe you're an invalid. What's your relationship with God and with people? Is it thriving or is it limping along? Is it where you want it to be? Is it where you used to be? So this Emotionally Healthy Relationships course goes over the basics of healthy relating. Clean communication skills, clear boundaries, active listening, recognizing blind spots, dealing with trauma and grief. And then the the course uh, tries to measure, evaluate where you're at. You may be thriving in some categories, but limping along in others. 
So there's a questionnaire in the course called the Emotional Spiritual Health Inventory to try to help us assess where we're at now, what areas we want to improve in. And then by the end of the course, take it again and kind of kind of see what sorts of growth is. Now, is it subjective? Yeah, but it's something. It's one way to measure our growth and our goal to be more like Jesus. For that, I mean, if we if we want to if we want to achieve a goal, we need to know what we're aiming at, right? But it starts with love, God's love. Agape love doesn't come from 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 here in, in, in my heart. I don't muster it up somehow. It comes from God. And that means if I'm going to love well, I need to drink deep and regularly from God's well of love. Jesus stayed connected to and strengthened by the Father through prayer. As a devout Jew, he prayed at least three times a day. He began his earthly ministry with a 40-day prayer retreat in the wilderness. The Gospels regularly note how frequently he goes off by himself to pray. Now, how a person should pray, that's a whole other sermon series. But for this course, the, the place to start is with stopping. The place to start is to stop. Silence. Two minutes in the morning, two minutes at night, maybe two minutes in the middle of the day. Six minutes a day, one-tenth of an hour a day is the place to start. We start by stopping. Now, some of you already practice some kind of quiet time, centering activities in your life, a daily morning walk, saying grace before meals, practicing yoga, engaging in home huddles or bedtime prayers. Emotionally Healthy Relationships, it has a 40-day devotional book that has a short Bible verse, a reflection, and a prayer for, for pausing two times a day. Now, many of you already do something very much like it. Maybe you use one of our Christ in Our Home devo- devotionals. Uh, there's another one called Daily Bread and Portals of Prayer. Those both have free apps. There's one called Daily Grace. It's for women uh, in the ELCA, Faith's Denominational Affiliation. Now, all these devotional resources pretty much do the same thing. They create space for stopping, for finding silence, for listening to God, really to have your love tank filled by the Holy Spirit. To paraphrase an old seminary professor of mine, the best devotional resource out there is the one that you use to stop, to listen, and to pray, because love starts with God. Love comes from God. A loving life can only be sustained by God. So drink deep from the well of God's love so that you can grow to love well. It starts with love. We're we're drinking deep from the well of love. We have a point of reference for our own state of spiritual maturity and health. And then these emotionally healthy relationship groups get together and go to work. We practice our conversations Uh, those hallmarks of love, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. We relate to one another with deliberate Christ-likeness. Again, this is not about pretending to be perfect, almost the opposite. It's about being vulnerable. It's about being in loving relationships with one another. And this is radically countercultural. Go ahead, turn on, well, actually don't, but if you turn on the news, if you go to a family gathering, if you scroll through your Twitter feed, you will probably see and hear some common tendencies uh, that, that are marks of emotional immaturity, defensiveness, blaming, judgment, finger pointing, low self-awareness. Everybody's all in their own little silos or bubbles. 
There's a lot of fear and a lot of anger. In fact, the reason that Pete and Jerry Scazzaro started working on these materials was they saw in their own congregation, people were growing in their love for God, but it, but it wasn't translating into their love for other people. People were still acting like emotional adolescents toward each other. That pettiness, defensiveness, fearlessness, or fearfulness, a lack of honesty and transparency. And they realized and came to the conclusion, it doesn't work. You can't be spiritually mature and remain emotionally immature. This isn't about salvation or works righteousness. It's about agape love. It's about Christian community. It's about growing more like Christ. So the Emotionally Healthy Relationship materials have a group exercise in healthy relating, um, uh, conversation tools, practicing intentional affirmations and appreciation. When a person surprises us or hurts our feelings, we seek clarification through I statements like, I notice, I wonder, and help me understand. We set clear boundaries. We articulate our hopes and expectations. We, we practice active listening. We accept responsibility for our actions. We honor one another's perspectives, even when we don't agree with everything they say. Like I say, this takes practice, intentionality, and it's countercultural. Now, to this point, three pages into the sermon, I don't know that I, I don't think I've said anything surprising. God loves us. We're supposed to love others. Jesus models and teaches us what love is. The Spirit of God empowers us to love. L- learning to love is a growth process. Quiet time with God is an essential component of our Christian life. Love is countercultural. We should practice active listening, use I statements. Come on, Pastor, tell us something that we don't know. Okay, how about this? When you make loving God and loving others your aim, when you make growing closer to and more like Jesus your primary goal, you will be a disappointment to other people. You won't be enough. You might stop hanging, they might stop hanging out with you. They might stop going to church with you. They might even put you on a cross. I think we're seeing a crisis of emotional immaturity across our nation and maybe especially in our churches. We've sorted ourselves into good guys and bad guys, right and wrong, left and right, with no room for nuance or negotiation. We see that in our life together here at Faith. Each one of us has family and friends who have left us. They've given up on us. They've moved on. They've gone away because faith and love aren't enough. We aren't enough. They won't talk to us. Well, actually, they're happy to talk to us, but they aren't interested in hearing anything we have to say. They state their reasons why faith doesn't meet their needs anymore. It's the wrong music, bad preaching, hurt feelings, political convictions. As a council, we talk about membership growth and retention. Maybe we could call these people and ask them to come back, I suppose. As the pastor, I wonder what I could do differently, what I could do better. Mostly these days, I simply notice that my heart aches, my heart breaks, and I grieve the lack of love in our world. And I lament how hard it is to be Christian community together. I'm pretty sure my younger self would wish that I would just try harder. I hope and pray that when I get older, my heart will not prematurely harden. 
How broken is your heart today, precious children of God? And what can we do? It starts and ends with love. These days it feels like there's an expectation that every Christian is supposed to look the same, think the same, and vote for the same candidate. This idea is a sign and symptom of the immaturity of our society and of our churches. In fact, people are dying to find a place of worship, a Christian community that welcomes radically, that teaches the scriptures faithfully, a church where love trumps politics and takes priority over anything else that hinders the kingdom of God. A place where you and maybe your grandkids can, can safely worship, no matter what the color of, of your skin, no matter what your preferred pronouns. A community in which we can explore our faith without judgment. Accountability to be sure, but not judgment. A place where we can talk about stuff climate concerns, the ethics of abortion, how to make the world a better place. A community of broken-hearted sinners doing our best to grow closer to and more like Jesus. This is what the world is dying for. People of faith, you aren't perfect, <laughs> but I see Christ growing in you. I see Christ in you on Wednesdays via Zoom as we study the Bible together. I see Christ in Richard over there on Sundays. He and I can argue politics until we're blue and red in the face. And at the end of the day, I don't know anybody with a bigger heart for Jesus and for helping others. I see Jesus and sweet Barbara in the congregation as well. Barbara has been singing in the presence of Jesus since she was a child, left alone at a bus stop with only a sign around her neck with her name on it. Keep singing. Keep singing, beautiful Barbara. I see Christ in the friends that meet every Tuesday to make sandwiches for the homeless and hungry. I see Christ in the worship team that has been singing and worshiping and cheering for the Seahawks together for a hundred years. See, the Apostle Paul might have heard about the faith and love of the Ephesians, but I see firsthand your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. And I am once again slain by the Holy Spirit. I am carried like Lazarus into the bosom of Abraham. I am held in the love and the mercy and grace of the Father, and my faith is renewed that maybe love is enough. Maybe Jesus is enough, and therefore, maybe you and I are enough. Welcome home, people of faith. Faith is a welcoming community, growing closer to and more like Jesus, making Christ known, serving one another, our neighbors, and all creation. Love be our song, and love our prayer, and love our endless story. May God fill every day we share and bring us at last into glory. Amen. Thanks for listening, folks. Emotionally Healthy Relationship Resources, small group schedules and signups are at Faith and at our website, www.faithshelton.org. You can keep listening to this podcast for more in this Emotionally Healthy Relationship series. It's available on most podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple. Uh, preview the EHR videos on our YouTube channel. And while you're there uh, or at our website, you can like us, subscribe, donate, sign up for our newsletter. Thank you, Chaz and Nadia, for your production and tech support for this podcast. It starts and ends with love.
Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. God sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, if we love one another, God lives in us, and God's love is made complete in us. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Mm -hmm. 